Welcome back to Held and Healed. This podcast is a resource filled with resources to help you on your healing journey. And here it is, the very last day of August. And I had made a goal to record two, at least two podcasts per month. And I'm sneaking one in here on the last day of August. So I'm not even going to apologize for the... <laughs> Uh, the amount of time that has gone by since the last um, episode because there's been so much going on, which is why I wanted to just address some things um, and just speak um, to kind of the process of rebuilding our lives. Rebuilding your life after abuse is not a small feat. It is a full-time job. And many of you have to work a full-time job while you are rebuilding your lives after abuse. Many of you have to take care of children while you're rebuilding. So I just am coming on this evening just to speak straight from my heart and to hopefully encourage those of you who are um, in that process of rebuilding. So for those of you who know my story, it has been a journey. The last seven years have been incredibly intense and I have had to fight. I have had to fight for my physical health I have had to fight for my mental health. I have had to fight for spiritual healing. I have had to fight for healing in relationships and learning how to know which relationships um, it's time to let go of and which ones to um, whew, set boundaries in and which ones to pray and ask God to reveal truth. And it has been, it's just been a lot. It's been a lot. And I get about two to three hours a day where I have energy to get things done. So I have to be very strategic and intentional with that that time that I'm given. And I am not able to do all the things. So I have found myself feeling like I need to explain or justify or defend where I am in life. And I guess that's the first thing I want to say to anyone who is rebuilding after abuse. You do not have to. You don't have to justify your decisions. You don't have to argue with people. You don't have to defend your reasons. You don't have to explain. That's Jade, by the way. (laughs) J-A-D-E. We use the acronym Jade a lot in our community of survivors. And this also goes for explaining even to friends and family and some of the safer people in your life who have expectations and want you to do things that you really don't have the bandwidth. You don't have the spoons. You don't have the energy. You don't have the time. You don't have the finances to do. So um, I am just encouraging you today, wherever you are, to realize the only one that you really have to answer to for the decisions that you make is God. Uh, yourself and if you have children that you're taking care of to some degree but not entirely because you are the adult and you don't have to explain things to them but you at the end of the day you know are somewhat responsible for taking care of those children and making sure that they are they're safe so um I just look at all the things that I once did and if you didn't know me um you know before I got sick you may not realize that I was pretty wide open And I would have days where I would be, you know, up moving about and doing things 12, 16 hour days. Like, yes, I've done my time. I I was a mother of three under the age of three 
for goodness sakes, everybody knows that a mom of three under two and a half, um, you're up and you don't get sleep and you don't get rest. And so I have definitely done my time and it has been so hard to fight the lies. So the actual turning point for me, the, the moment when the light went on for me and I knew that I was done with this particularly, uh, this particular abusive relationship that I had endured and endured for 20 years is when that person stood over me and told me that I was lazy and that my illness was all in my head. That's what snapped inside of me. There were a million other things that had happened prior to that that didn't turn the light on for me. But that day, being told that I was lazy and being told that I was making up this disease that had me couch bound, I was like, I am so done. Because in my moment of need, when I needed someone the most, when I needed this person that I had stood by and I had forgiven and I had created... um so much goodness and love for that's what that person gave to me at my point of need and I have had to fight that lie so many times since I have also had people in my family and my extended family tell me that being a stay-at-home mom was not a real job that I needed to go get a real job and so there have been many times throughout my life that I have felt less than and I have felt lazy and that I didn't do enough. I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't pulling my weight because I wasn't bringing a paycheck. But I had such a, just a deep desire to be a stay-at-home mom, to be available 24-7 to my boys. And that is definitely something I don't regret. But I still had to fight these feelings. I still had to fight what these people were saying to me. So then you fast forward, seven years ago, I get sick. I can't function. I can't keep up with the things that I once did. Uh, I cannot volunteer for the, the ministries and the things that I, I love to do. I was very like limited in what I could even do for my own kids. They were you know, at an age where they could pretty much take care of themselves. But as a mom, you still want to care for them. You still want to cook for them and do special things for them and drive them places. And I was very, very limited in what I could do at this point. So um, again, you are not lazy. You are exhausted. The uh, amount of energy that it takes to, to rebuild your life and to recover after the trauma of abuse and complex PTSD is tremendous. In and of itself, it is a full-time job. I know that most people cannot stop working and cannot um, dedicate the time to their healing. But if you are in a situation and you, you are able to rest a lot, then please rest a lot because you have been through war. You have been through trauma. You have been through betrayal. You've been through so, so much. And resting is one of the ways that you are going to heal. You have to rest in your body. You have to rest in your mind. You have to rest in your spirit, not just physically being horizontal, but learning to regulate the nervous system, learning to um, set those boundaries and restrict what you're doing with your time, with your, um, your relationship. So I'm just here today to say, mama, you're not lazy. You are tired. You have been through it. And you are worthy 
of the time and the energy and the investment that it takes to get you well in your body, your mind, and your spirit. Some of you may not have um, the resources to even move forward with counseling or move forward with treatments and specialists. And so I'm praying that God will open up opportunities and open up doors and provision for each of you. Um, The Honor Project movement has launched and one of the things we want to help with is mental health resources. So if you are at a place in your life where you can give and you can give generously to help these women, please, 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 please go to honorprojectmovement.org, click on the donate tab and give generously. Please, 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 please give generously because we have women waiting and we are lacking the resources. That is another thing I wanted to share about. I am so utterly and completely frustrated that we finally got approved for the Honor Project movement and I have no energy. I have no energy to go out and fundraise. I have no energy to make the phone calls and make the connections. And so I am just calling upon anybody that hears my voice, please share the mission of what we're doing with other people that you know have the means to share because the more people that give quickly, the more women that we can help. We have in motion to start October the 1st, our very first domestic violence crisis response group. One group with three ladies. We're going to just do what we can with what we have. If we get more resources, we can help more women. We are in the process of looking to work with Luke and Lauren Smallcomb at Flourish Therapy with a rest, um, a regulate and recovery um, small group setting. And so we have we have ideas and we have we have partnerships that we want to um, we want to link arms with some amazing mental health professionals. But we need the resources. So this is me like pleading. From the bottom of my heart, if you have the means or if you know someone who has the means, please share the word because mental health resources are so, so lacking, so lacking that many, many women need these resources and we want to be as economically responsible as possible and make small groups so that we can get more people through quickly and give them tools for their tool belt. So I have been just really not happy with where I am, but I hit a point of exhaustion this month. Some are saying perhaps it's burnout. It it could be. I could be burnout. Um, I had things going on in my personal life that I cannot discuss publicly because they don't just involve me. They involve people that I love and people that I care about and their privacy is um, and confidentiality is, you know, just so important to me. But when you are invested in other people's lives and you are carrying burdens um, and bearing burdens, as we are called to do, we are called to do that to some degree. We have to learn, you know, when to carry those things and when to lay them down. It is a delicate dance. But when we are caring about people and loving them well, it can deplete us in every way possible. And I was walking through one situation and I describe it as two rivers, two rivers that are rolling, rolling, rolling that converge into this raging sea. So one river is my own triggers, my own trauma, my own past, 
as it relates to the other river is my deep, deep empathy for the ones that I'm walking with. And sometimes it is really difficult to know where one river begins and the other, you know, where one begins and ends. They just come together this sea, this raging sea of emotions. And if you spend time, you know, on a daily basis weeping and grieving, it depletes energy and resources for other things. So that's just the reality. That's just a fact. Um, Some people just want you to get on with your life. Some people are just like, what's your problem? When is this going to end? Why can't you just get over it? That is not really something that any person should ever, ever ask another human being. If someone had cancer all throughout their body and was sick, 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 hopefully someone would not say, when are you just going to get over this cancer? When are you just going to get over it, girl? Just get over it. You've been, you've been like this for months. You've been like this for weeks. What is your problem? Get up, get over it. Hopefully people would not say that to someone with a physical illness. And yet people do that over and over again with mental and emotional illness. And I am sorry if that has been your experience. And if you are listening and you want to help people and do know better and do better, that is a really great place to begin. Please do not ask people to get over it. Please do not say, uh, are you just going to keep experiencing this? And, you know, hasn't your counselor given you something to help you get over this? Like, mm, that's not compassion. That is not, that is not being curious and compassionate towards others. And we also should not do that to ourselves. So that's probably the bigger issue that many of us have had is that we've told ourselves to snap out of it. Let's not do that. That's not care. It's not being caring or compassionate. So, um, I don't know. This is probably going to be kind of short because I am tired, but I wanted to just come on this evening and speak to anyone who is feeling like they're not enough. And so I want to speak to people who deal with chronic illness. So maybe you have autoimmune issues. Maybe you have um, something that you probably for the rest of your life will be facing. Something for the rest of your life that you will need to work hard with lifestyle, with diet, with um working with specialists, with supplementation, different things so that you can keep these things under control, in dormancy, etc. And your physical energy and what you can do in a day is extremely limited because you have joint pain, you have chronic fatigue issues, you have memory fog. I think there are some things that as we get older, just happen. And I I think there are some countries that, you know, once you're a certain age, people cut back to part-time work. I really wish that was more of a thing that was embraced in our culture here in the United States. I wish that more people in their, you know, mid-40s to mid-50s would cut back to part-time. There's only so much time and so much life that we get to live. And if we are just working, working, working to the point of sheer exhaustion, we were not created, by the way, to be wide open 12 and 16 and 18 hours a day. That's not what we were created for. We have bought into that. We have adapted to that. 
And if you're not aware, um, being on the go constantly and never allowing ourselves to sit and to be still in and of itself is a trauma response. Because when we are still and when we rest, we begin to think. And when we begin to think, things come to our minds. And so a lot of people who are running from and unwilling to deal with their trauma will keep themselves in a busy state just to avoid dealing with trauma. And even in church culture, it has been put next to holiness. Busyness is next to holiness. And that is clearly not what scripture tells us. Scripture has so many commands to be still, to rest, to let God be God. And when we are constantly spinning our wheels and going, 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 we are trying to be many gods. We are trying to keep the world going. We're trying to control everybody around us, everything around us. And it's just simply not sustainable and it's not healthy. So um, if you are one of those people who simply cannot keep up with all the things you once kept up with because your body has betrayed you, because sickness has confined you and limited you, um, I want to say to you, you are worthy. You are no less worthy than you were before you got sick. And if you could not do another thing for another human being, if you could not bring home another paycheck, if you could not um, reach another goal or another milestone or an accomplishment, you are still worthy because you are. Because you are created in the image of God, even with our flaws, even with our weaknesses, even with our limitations, we are still fearfully, wonderfully beautifully made in his image and he loves us because of who he is because of who he is he loves us and his love for us is not dependent or contingent upon what we can do for him what we can accomplish for him the the checks that we can mark off I'm a I'm a to-do list girl I love to make to-do lists and I love to check things off but that's not where my value is my value is in being his child My value is in being his daughter. My value is in him, who he is. That's what makes me valuable. That's what makes me worthy. So please, please, please give yourself grace and give yourself mercy and treat yourself with the same compassion that you would treat a kind, trusted, loving friend who was going through a hard time. If you knew that your friend was was not well, if you knew that your friend's body hurt from head to toe and that getting up from the couch to move to the bathroom hurt would you tell her to snap out of it would you tell her to just get over it would you tell her she was lazy would you tell her it was all in her head I hope not I hope not so if you would tell your friend that you're sorry she's in pain if you would tell your friend that you would love to help her and do for her and and help to make her burden lighter then please treat yourself with the same care. Please, because you're worthy of that. So I am going to say a little prayer. Um, I encourage you again to please go to honorprojectmovement.org and bless these ladies. Um, You are helping with the ongoing 
care and coaching that I am able to give to the women, it, it's important to assess the needs and see which of these types of, um, of care is most uh, beneficial. We can't get to all the women um, who need the resources, so I do help to coach women what to look for in a counselor, um, who is safe, if it's not safe, you can get up and walk away. If you go back to my podcast about choosing a safe counselor or coach, I go into that in more detail. That's a lot of what I do um, every single week. And so you're helping to um, continue this ministry that I have. And you're helping to connect these women with the resources as you give. So honorprojectmovement.org. If you would like to jump into our next boundaries group session, I am offering that. That's at heatherelizabeth.org. You can just click on the tab at the top and it is um, boundaries group coaching. We're going to, I think we're going to be doing Tuesday evening starting in mid-September. That seems to be a need that a lot of women have is for learning about boundaries, setting them and holding them. So please jump on over to um, my website, heatherelizabeth.org, or just to the donate button at honorprojectmovement.org. That's our nonprofit. And um, ask the Lord how you can be a part of helping these women rebuild after abuse. So I'm going to say a prayer. If you are comfortable hanging out while I do that, great. If not, I fully understand. And we will catch you the next time. And um, yeah, thank you so much for being here. Father, I come to you today. I come to you as someone who is weary, someone who is exhausted, someone who feels burnt out. And I come to you lifting up the many women who are in that same place. Lord, women who have bodies that are broken, spirits that are broken, minds that are tormented because of the years that they have endured of abuse, of trauma, of struggle. I ask, Lord, that you would be with my sweet sisters that whenever they hear this, whether it's now or weeks or months or years down the road, Lord, that they would feel seen by you. They would feel validated. They would feel um, loved and accepted and honored and held even as they're on their way to becoming healed. I ask that you would go ahead of us and provide the resources for our nonprofit and for these women individually that every need they have for physical healing, for mental healing, for relational and spiritual healing, every need would be met, Lord. You are the creator of all. You are the ruler of the universe. You own a cattle on a thousand hills. And so I ask you, Lord, to sell off some of those, those cows to take care of your daughters and just move on the hearts of men and women who have the resources, who can help to just generously give so that these women can be blessed with healing resources. I thank you, God, that you see us, you hear us, you know us, that you love us more than you love the institution of marriage, you love and you care for women and you want us to be safe and well. I thank you that you've seen it all, you've heard it all, you know it all. We don't have to prove to you what we've been through. If no other person on this earth believes us, you know what we've been through and we can rest in knowing that you get it and we don't have to prove it to you. I ask God that you provide these women with safe, 
support systems, men and women and community that can stand by them and stand with them. We pray that you would open up the floodgates, the storehouses of heaven, and rain down on these dear ones tonight. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, my friends, thank you for hanging out with me. We got this one in just under the wire. So there's two podcast episodes in August. Looking forward to September. Our retreat is in a week. So I'll probably be checking in with you after the retreat unless I get a big old um, surge of energy before. But I'm so looking forward to our second annual Held and Healed retreat here in the Shenandoah Valley. And um, just pray blessings on you and ask the Lord to help you feel held even as you are being healed. Thank you.